Welcome back to another week, another episode of Generation X Gaming, weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories in the past week, and we rant along the way. Episode 206 is about to start. How's everyone doing? Sarge, how's it going today, buddy? I don't know. Is my voice coming through? Is the audio working? Everything's working. Can everybody hear me? It's amazing. Everything's working. Those of you that don't know what Generation X Gaming is, weekly podcast, goes over a few of the top stories. Uh, we're here every single Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, live on Mixer.com slash 30 and Still Gaming. You can also listen to the past broadcasts on YouTube.com slash 30 and Still Gaming, and also listen to the audio formats if you miss anything in this episode uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and many, many more platforms. So check out that below. If you go over to Anchor, you can see the actual... Uh, what other platforms we are on? It says all lists all of them. So if you do like Pod Beam or what any of that stuff, we're all over the place. Uh, so give us a listen on the car ride at work or whatever. We have 205 episodes complete. That's a lot of content over the last five years uh, for you to uh, listen to and be entertained by. Uh, on today's show, we're going to be talking about lots of different things, lots of big. We didn't have big uh, topics, and then all of a sudden I started looking at what we had. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Xbox Series X and what it means going forward. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 uh, is part of that equation, and I'm going to talk about something I said a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago about uh, about it, about a month ago. We're going to talk about Battlefront 2's update coming out. It's uh, all about the, the galactic, uh, you know, the original Star Wars, so that's... They're, Looking at that stuff. We're going to be talking about EA, how they canceled yet another Star Wars game. And then on top of that, on top of that, we're going to be talking about Star Wars, The High Republic. Uh, Lucasfilm just came out with what their plans are uh, moving forward. And there's just one clip out of the video that they, they gave us. One clip. I'm going to pause it on it. And we're going to talk about the whiteboard that they wrote down stuff on. And we're going to... We're oh, gonna, no. Not the whiteboard. Yeah, we're gonna... Not the whiteboard 30. Not the whiteboard. So we're going to go over that. Uh, other than that, we're going to talk about Bethesda. Bethesda pulls their games off of game uh, GeForce, uh, GeForce Now. Uh, we're going to talk about Bungie's Director's Cut. Luke Smith came out. We're going to talk about the weapon section of that. We're going to go over Boulder's Gate. They just came out with a uh, video this afternoon for their live stream. Uh, and if we can, we'll, we'll, we'll cram in a couple of other things in there. But first up, we're going to be talking about division two uh division two's got an update coming out uh next week i believe march 3rd uh which is on tuesday and sarge just got it about a week ago he's been playing it non-stop he's in world Tier. i wouldn't I would say non-stop you guys are you guys have been dragging me through like a spoiled brat through a toy store well yeah because we want you to get to the actual well you we didn't pull you through the main story you did the main story on your own we're, we're pulling you through I, the world tiers Okay, what I... Right, okay. Right? So... World, right. Yeah, so you're in World Tier 4 now? Is that what you are? we got to pull you uh, through to one more? Yeah, I'm at World Tier 4, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, don't forget, follow Sarge at Sarge McCluskey on Twitter. Follow me at 30 and Still Gaming. Follow the show at Jen underscore X underscore Gaming over also on Twitter. Uh, so, let's get to it. 
so what do you think? You've been playing Division Two for a week now, uh, and tell me, tell me your thoughts. Tell me your what you after a week after putting in thirty hours, forty hours in this week, like a full time job. <laughs> okay, so everything I see in this game is something that you and I have discussed over the past four years of what a game like this should have in it. Right. All right, so you brought up the point that since it does have everything we've ever talked about over the last four years inside of a game of this magnitude, that maybe we're playing the wrong game. We should be playing Division like we play Destiny. And then I go back and I say the same thing I said before when original original Division 2 came out is it's a good game, but it's not going to hold me as long because it's because of its grounding in reality. Right? That part of it you know, it's cool. Like all the little all the little layers of the onion in this game are very are, are very intricate and they're done very well. Like the, There's so the, many good points about Division 2, but at the same yes. time because it's the based mechanic, in reality is the problem. Yes. Yes. The mecha- the mechanics in the game are done very well to the point where it, it it keeps you guessing like you don't know if that door could be opened it's not like it's a given like that door might can open this time maybe it didn't open last time but now can't open like there's the way that the, the levels are 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 structured is that you could be in the same zone or the same area but different doors or different things might function now right. at this moment so it's done very well uh the npc portion of it was something we talked about in the past the gear set thing we talked about in the past uh, Real quick, sorry. Let me, let me. Can you turn your microphone up a bit on your on your mixer? Turn it. Turn you, it up a bit. You want me to turn it up like that? How about now? How about now? That's that's better. Now. All right. Because you're still soft. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm only hard when I need to be. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey, oh. All right. Go ahead. So continue. It's. If if I continue playing the way I have been playing, I'd probably be done with it in another two weeks. Like I'd be I'd be done playing through the city, killing guys. Like I understand that the warlord thing's coming out for New York, it'll keep me probably interested, but I'm not sure if I'm going to go and spend thirty dollars to play the warlord portion of division two of division one. I I totally agree with you. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I'm really enjoying myself going back into division two, right? I love, I love what you said about everything that we've described in Destiny. What we want in Destiny came it's in. in Division it's, two. it's in Division Two. Everything, gear sets, way the whole board is opened up to you. They have controlling the map NPCs. Great, controlling the map NPCs. There's there's attention to the grind. Like it makes you go play a part of the section of the map. Like you you want an AR. So this week it's in the judicial system uh, area, and then. All of a sudden, the AR next week is in a different different section. You still want the AR, so you're you're playing different sections of the map. You're not getting you're not getting uh, burnt out per se because even the missions and the main missions when it's invaded or not invaded is completely different. It's like little little changes here and there, but it makes it different. Go a long way, it, the, right? It, 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 it breaks up it breaks up the sameness or the monotony of you thinking you're doing the same thing over and over again. Right. Right. Different, like the little the little hidden quest giver guys you find yep. if, if you if you take the time to wander the streets things open up for you to explore and figure out what they're connected to right that's something we said in in destiny for a long time now like just have some stuff on the side right some dudes there maybe one day a week you don't know some guy happens to find them 
and the internet will do the work for you. Someone will type it out, they'll say it, they'll text their friends, they'll t- they'll, they'll, they'll twiddle somebody, and everyone will go looking for this guy. Right. Like 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 a Zur, but like random somewhere, and he does a quest. Like different things in the game just to keep you kind of busy. I look at that map, I get overwhelmed with all the side quests and things that they do. Now, once again, it's all new to me because I've only been, I've only been playing for right. a week. But if I were if I were to be playing for weeks, weeks of this, I'm pretty sure I'd stop. Right. The reason why we used to play Destiny, or I'm sorry, the reason why I used to play Destiny for as long as I did, is because my wheelhouse is sci-fi fantasy. Like that interests me. If they were to incorporate the kind of layers of the onion that are in this game into Destiny, I'd probably start playing Destiny again. Right. It's it's the fact that. It's grounded in reality that makes me think that it doesn't have the same longevity as Destiny does. Right. Well, here's the thing, right? People love to hate on Destiny, and we're, I'm not one of them. I give I give constructive criticism to Destiny because I want the game to succeed. I want the game to be better, right? Um, and what Division 2 has done is what Division 1 couldn't do. When they got to Endgame in Division 1, it was it was lackluster, right? It wasn't as lacklustered as Anthem, right? But it was it was there was a problem with it, right? And then it took them 18 months to fix that game, and then it became really good. And then when they came out with Division 2, and now what they're doing basically, they they took away New York, they gave you DC, and now they're giving you back New York, right? It's the same look at look at the look at the stamp that's that's happening here, right? It's the exact same thing as what Destiny's doing, right? So Destiny took away Destiny 1 from you, and they're slowly giving you back the gear that you had in, De- in Destiny 1, and then they gave you back the moon, right? And then they're slowly going to give you back little p- pieces going forward. I'm okay with that, right? I'm not one of those people that's like, well, they took it out of the game, and they're reselling it to you. That's not what I am. What I am is, I want that world to expand. I want to have more more stuff to happen, and I like what they did. The game's not even out yet for, for the Warlords update. But it's part of the dark zone that was in Division 1 and another part of the section that we didn't have access to. So now you're going back to the same place that you might have been in if you went to the DZ, the south part of the DZ. Okay, It's like the north part, a little bit of the north part of the new map is part of the old part of the old dark zone, right? And they, they went back and did a one-to-one scale now of Manhattan, lower part of the island, okay? And now they're re-releasing it, and now you get to go back, and you get to travel back and forth. So once you go over to New York, you have to finish New York. You can't go back and forth until you're done with it. Once you're done with the with the expansion, then you can go back and forth between D.C. and New York and farm things and do stuff, and different things are going to happen. And I like the way they're doing that, right? I, I wish, again... I wish Destiny did stuff like that, which they did now with the moon. The moon's back, okay? But it's almost like a like people forget about the moon already because you're just like you're doing on the next thing, right? Now it's the sundial. You're doing different things. And you're, you're constantly doing everything they do in this game, which they're implementing now, Division 2, where you can take the perk off the gun come next week, right, and put it on the gun that you want to use. There's this debate going on back and forth of like, why would you like to use a gun forever, right? And my my statement to that part of Destiny, which I'm talking about Division, though, right? I've always said that I don't want to use all the weapons forever, but I do want to use the weapons that I chose to put the most time into, that I like the most, to bring that... That's your play style. That, to bring that forward with me, right? Because what happens to me 
doesn't affect you in any way, shape, or form in the PvE aspect of it, right? I just want... Like, if I have 40,000 kills with a weapon or 100,000 kills with a weapon, I want to bring that weapon forward with me. Now, I'm not asking to bring all weapons with me, right? Because that's just... That's insane, right? But what I'm asking is that you're able to use that weapon for everyday things, right? Like, I want to go to a public sector, use that weapon, right? And everyone... Everyone's always thinks that I want to take all the weapons and keep them all and bring them all four with me. And that's never what I've said. What I've said was I've always wanted to just bring the guns that I want forward with me because those are the guns I want. So like year seven, I hold up a fate bringer. Someone goes, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's a fate bringer. That's what it is. So in, in division, the way it goes, obviously division two is not going to be around for seven years, right? They'll, they'll have like division three or division four. But the fact is that I can use a gun and keep that gun. And then if I find a perk that I like off another weapon, I can take that perk off that weapon and now put it on the gun that I want to use because that's my playstyle. That's what I that's what I would like to go for. Who are you to tell me that your playstyle like why would you want to play the same playstyle for 2 years? That's boring. That might be boring to you, but that's why I want to play it because I want to get the best of the best for my character at that time and going forward. And I want to keep adding stuff to it or changing it what I want. I don't want to go make a new character and then have a different build. I want to keep the same character and, and make him get better in time and then look at it and just some, some substance. You look at my character and go, damn, you have that weapon? You have that perk? You have that thing? Yeah, I've worked really hard in the amount of time that I get to play. If it's two hours, if it's 10 hours, if it's 40 hours. You're, you're basically dialing a specialized character that you yeah. enjoy your play style with. That's, that's the whole idea. Right. I understand the other side of it, though. I get why you know you you have to give intentionality by inventing new weapons and then give me Egg. a reason why I have to go with that weapon. Exactly. But after but after four years, has anybody else gotten tired of the fact that they just keep nerfing and and <clears throat> and, and raising the power levels of weapons just every six months to keep everybody happy? Does it matter? Well, it's the at power some point. At some point, what's the difference? Right. It's the it's the power creep. So we're we're moving from Division Two right now, and we're moving over to to Destiny, right? So I'm gonna bring up the Destiny. Um, a director's cut right now, so I'm gonna get, I'm gonna read the weapon section about Luke Smith, and I really like Luke Smith. When I talked to him in Guardian Con like four years ago, I talked to him, and I could tell he's a, he is a gamer, right? Yes, he's a game developer, but he's a gamer. He's like one of us. Like I would love to have Luke Smith just shoot the shit with because he seems like a person that just gets it. Right. People look at us and go, you're crazy because we don't work in the actual industry. He works in the industry. He's come. He's a he's a World of Warcraft fanatic. OK, he's worked with Bungie since like 2007. Like he knows a little bit about Bungie, about Halo, about what what games need to be. And he's changing it slowly but surely. And again, what they're int introducing here into Destiny is yet another step forward in the right direction, in my opinion, Right, because we always say you have to have intentionality, and all the weapons right now in Destiny Two, nothing feels like, like I have to go for it. Right, like a hand cannon is the same as another hand cannon. Auto rifle is the same as another auto rifle. They just look different. They have little bit of different stats on it, but overall, you can use any weapon anywhere, anytime, and it's like, what's the point, right? Well, if there, I understand that there's two or three different kinds of guns within the the subset, right? So, like a hand cannon, there's like maybe two or three different types of hand cannon by rate of fire speeds and that kind of thing. And I get that that might appeal to somebody that you have that particular hand cannon with this particular with these particular perks. Like I get it, but at some point, 
it doesn't matter. It's just it's another hand cannon. You're in the hand cannon cal- classification. Right. Right. So do you need 13 or 14 hand cannons? No. No. Right. But remember, the core of Destiny has been changing slowly over time. And no one seems to realize it. Yeah. But the original core of the game was the guns. The guns was the core of the game. The guns is what gave you the power. Right. Forget about the armor. Just the armor was the armor. Right. Right. And then and then quintessentially the 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 exotic of that type of gun, like the exotic hand cannon, was the best of the hand cannon categories. Correct. That's the reason why you have it. It's the best hand cannon. But come to find out, the longer we started playing the game, well, the exotic isn't the best. The exotic's just basically this is fun thing to do when you have nothing else to do. It's pre-order sales does, does, and to sell it. Right. It doesn't work for anything else. It doesn't work as well as as your personal hand cannon that you've been working with. It just does better. Right. right. Or or it gets nerfed because it's a thorn. Right. Or it gets nerfed because so, it's some other kind of gun that's too too powerful. But because once again, the the ideology between the core and what is happening now is the gun used to be the trophy. It used to be the reason to play. Right. Now you keep manipulating the guns to a point where I don't need to have the gun. I just keep switching guns randomly, and it doesn't matter what type of gun I use because it doesn't really, you know, it's not a symbiosis relationship between the gun and an armor. It's just a weapon. And so after a while, once I get bored of using whatever type of weapon, I move to a different class of weapon to see if I like this kind of weapon. But it doesn't tie in. Like, end caps in, in any kind of MMO or, or multiplayer type games like this where... The, the best weapon of a category is supposed to be the end cap, right? It's supposed to be like the prize possession. And when you have the prize possession, you're supposed to be able to make a build off that end cap, right? Like, I pick this gun, and now I'm going to build my armor set around this gun. Right. Right? And that's what you're, like, that's like what you uh, aspire to do with the end game. Like, I, I found the, the, the rarest weapon possible. Now I'm going to hunt for the gear that complements this weapon. And then once I find it, then I can go into PvP. Like, and I'm right. the crazy guy with the auto rifle, with my armor build with the auto rifle. <clears throat> like, that's, that's what's supposed to happen. What's happening now is they're trying to tell you that, okay, well, we're going to have 12 new weapons, and after 12 weeks, those 12 new weapons are going to be gone, and we're going to go to a different 12 Well, well weapons. they're changing that now, right? This is, yeah. what, this is what I'm going to read now, okay? So the weapons forever is the problem, he says. Okay, so this is, this is all Luke Smith talking about Destiny 2, um, so this is what I'm going to do. Okay, okay. so let's talk more about weapons. And let's begin on how weapons have worked in Destiny 2 all the way back from Destiny 2 Vanilla. Every weapon you get in the weapon uh, is a weapon you can keep to infuse and raise the power level indefinitely. Remember the waters I I talked about chumming earlier? This is time to eat, okay? In Destiny 2 with infusion, it's like having every card of your own magic available and, and playable in all formats forever. It passively creates a power creep, an ongoing Destiny problem, which also means our teams need to spend more and more of their time retesting and supporting old stuff instead of making new stuff it reduces players desire for new items which dismantles the aspiration like the shard of uh shard the blues post crucible uh match ritual and this means ultimately create a ton of gear that doesn't have any any value beyond taking a box of i got it checklist okay that isn't value it's actually the opposite of value because it works uh it it worked that we could be putting into making new stuff and improving old stuff 
Okay, our combat team works extremely hard to make weapons feel unique. Each legendary and many blues get their own flavors of special sauce. Sometimes it's the way a gun sounds, or sometimes it's the in, in, uh, insanely over budget range um, stat hand in hand. Sometimes in recoil patterns. Sometimes it's the art. Sometimes it's something uh, indescribable, and that just makes the item uh, resonate with our players. In, in the action game, like Destiny, our weapons are field-based extensions to the character. I've played MMOs and RPGs, or ARPGs, uh, where I get amazing weapons but rarely have to use those weapons. Felt like an extension of my avatar. Uh, certainly, in an action game like Dark Souls or Sekiro, the weapon becomes a field, field-based extension of my character rather than a stat stick like, uh, like the Fang. Uh, remember many words, many, many words ago in a previous uh, director's cut when I talked about a collision between the action game and the RPG. Couple with that with the with the theme of aspiration and believe that the approaching of the affection point of weapons is a fusion in Destiny 2. We've made a lot of magic cards, and we want you to keep the ones that you love in your collection as opposed to taking them and throwing them all away and having a tower get destroyed again. That's huge. Now, that, that, that sentence right there is, that's what I've always said. When they took those weapons from D1 away from us, I said, what was the last three years about then? Like, you literally just tore everything away from us and we had to start fresh where if i could bring i don't want to say like you only can bring three items with you what would they be it's yeah, but they but they but they had to the way the, the they way had they to had, because the, of the, the, the way that they production had structured it. it they had to right they had to right so now he says there was a lot of learning to do when destiny launched in 2014 but there was also some real good stuff in that game i think back in a bunch and it fondly, almost wishfully at times, the weapons from the Vault of Glass could be powerful, unique, and rare. If you had the Fatebringer, you probably had a bunch of Ascended Shards uh, to com- uh, commemorate it all the times you didn't get it. Uh, I miss those days. When our rewards were, were rare and so special that you were celebrated or hated when your friends got one. That's in part because the design of the game gave them space to be different, space to be awesome. Okay, it's hard to cle- uh, it's hard to cleave out the space of current version of Destiny 2 weapons and they're supposed to come from the pinnacle activities like raids or trials. Don't really have a space to breathe. The answer can't be just make them better because then the approach ends up being reckoning the reckoning situation I described last year. Now we had pinnacle weapons which I thought were terrible because basically it was just a power creep which were largely just talents that were exotic-esque capabilities in legendary clothing. These weapons were typically the result of long pursuits and then they arrived in your hands and then you're pretty strong, sometimes hilariously strong. Okay, it also meant the team spent significant time developing each one. Okay, if you imagine the abstract weapon space as a pyramid, those pinnacle weapons largely sat at the top of the pyramid. Most other legendary weapons are down in the clumps of them. Uh, There aren't really anything different. Why? Because every legendary item the team builds is going to be around forever outliners get weeded out, right? Which is the nerf and the buff and the the constant things, which this is the reason I said, one, separate PvP from PvE. Two, let me level up the gun how I want and put the perks that I want that you cater to. Like they, they... they give us a, a buffet and they go, these are the things that you could pick from from perks from that weapon, right? And then you would pick those perks and put them on your weapon and feel like you're investing time in it. And then none of those perks would be overpowered because they handpicked the ones that would be that wouldn't let you get overpowered, right? So in a world we're imagining, he says, we'll have space at the top end to create a powerful legendary weapon, legendaries that are just better than the other items in the classification. We'll be able to do that because the design space for weapons will expand and contract over time. 
Items will enter into the ecosystem, be able to infuse for some numbers of seasons, and beyond that, the power won't be able to be raised. Our hope is to instead of having the account for weapons viability forever, then we create one. We can be easier to let something powerful exist in the ecosystem, and those potent weapons entering the ecosystem mean there's more fun items to pursue. Changes like this also mean legendary weapons or talents uh, would be would be shelved, could be uh, reused at a future date, or could be brought back in a fun way by involving our community. Uh, the more specific nitty-gritty for this will come in a little bit further down the road, but we wanted to get some of the things behind it to sooner rather than later. The simplest version of how we're going to work this is legendary weapons will have a fixed value for how high they can be infused. Those values will be project of weapons viable in the end game lifespan, and then think of a lifespan in somewhat between 9 and 15 months. Okay? So they're not doing that for exotics. They're only doing it for legendaries. So Sarge, what do you think about that? I see a problem with it already. All, all that is is postponing the inevitable. It's, 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 it's the same thing as saying that if, I, if, if you love blue and I make the room red and you hate it, but every, if I leave the room blue and I slowly change the color of the room over time, slowly, until it becomes red, then you don't complain as much. right? It's, like, it, it's, a, it's a slow process. So you're telling me, I'm not telling you you have to get rid of your gun, but we're going to let you know that in, in 12 to 15 months, which at that point, who gives a shit, okay, at this <laughs> point, you're not going to give a shit 12 to 15 months from now. If they tell you all of a sudden that your gun that you've been using, you can't infuse in this season's uh, this season's content. Right. You're not going to be able to infuse it any higher. Okay, but once again, it's it's convoluted. Why why is there an attachment with level to a gun as opposed to it's just the gun, right? the The system that is Destiny is is it, it creates its own problems because of the the core that it has. Right, the gun's not good unless it's leveled to your character. And so you have to keep changing gear until the numbers are all the same, so you, you max out power for the gun. And then once you go up another level or another gear score, then the gun doesn't do as well, and then I, gotta, I have to find the gun again with the roll on it. It's like the game – I don't believe that Destiny has to go down the road where the gun is everything, but we keep changing the guns all the time, right. and they're a trophy, and they're going to have a limitation, and they're going to have – and it's like what's the point of me getting the gun? Like all, all I want is a cool weapon to use against specific enemies. Maybe certain guns are good against certain enemies. That's the reason why I switch. I'm going to Cabal World. I'm going to Cabal Land. Then I want Cabal, Cabal friendly weapons. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But they, but they, they make it so convoluted. Like, okay, so what's the, what's the end game here? All right. So I, let, I have a Fate Bringer. Okay. I'm just, I'm just naming a gun. Doesn't matter. I have a Fate Bringer. I've used it in entire Destiny too. Now you're going to tell me at the end of next year or the end of next year, the paper I won't be able to level it's Fate stu- Bringer it's stu- up it's beyond stuck, right seven hundred whatever it is. It's right. stuck at whatever number right. it is, whatever number. And so I'll have to leave it behind, as opposed to you telling well, me right now you can't take your gun with you. No, no, no. You can use it. You What's can use. You can use it in ninety-five percent of the content. You just can't use it in end-game content. That's all fluff, man. Right? No, That's but the, here's the, here's the, here's the problem though. It's convoluted, right? You can use all the weapons. We're not taking it away from you. You can use all the weapons in ninety five percent of the uh, of the of the stuff, but you just can't use it in the end game stuff, right? Here's how they fix this. Okay, here's a problem I see already. This is just just prolonging the inevitable because this is just a small band aid 
that's not going to fix the problem. The problem with Destiny is, one, the light level and all the stuff is just convoluted, right? The light level, the gear level, bringing it up, the infusing it to this, and then you have the artifact that, that gets you up even higher, but then at the end of the season, you go back down to the to the, to the actual uh, the, the plateau of, of what it is, and then the next season comes out, and you go back to the artifact and raise that back up, so you can... Why? All they have to do, take a page out of any MMO with gear sets. Okay, the armor right now is like, eh, right? They added a new system with light, charge of light, okay, which is another convoluted system. All they have to do is take gear sets, like in Division, I'll use a Division term, let's use the EP armor, for instance. I'm on Mars. Excavation Protocol armor, okay? I, I go for that armor because that armor is old armor, but yet it has perks on it that can drop, and if I have a helmet... A chest piece and boots, okay? On the actual armor, just like in Division, it says 10% with hand cannons, 15% with pulse rifles, and then if you want the sniper rifle to get the best thing, you would have to have three pieces of gear, and then that would be the the sniper thing, right? Well, we, we don't we don't have to do it. We don't do it exactly like Division. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is but same type of same type of thing. The gear matches with whatever correct. you're trying to do. It's on Mars, so the gear from EP helps you against Cabal. So then, if you go to a Cabal raid, you might put the EP armor on. But if you don't want to wear the EP armor, cool. You can go get another piece of armor that has those essential perks on it that help with Cabal. So on and so forth. Well, the EP is not really Cabal. It's Hive and Fallen, right? Well, there's Fallen on Mars, but there's it's Hive during the EP, okay? Well, where do I get that armor from? I would go to Nessus, or I would go to the Moon and get gear set from there that would help me have gear on me for the moon that would help me against Hive, which would make the guns that I have, doesn't matter if it's year two, doesn't matter if it's year one, doesn't matter if it's year four, would make that hand cannon that I like to use, okay, viable. Be more viable in endgame, in whatever, right? You make the armor the stuff where, okay, a new raid comes out. How hard would it be to put, well, there's an intrinsic perk on a piece of armor that we put out for the new... Well, that's how they started. Right. And why didn't they follow? Why didn't they just keep following down that road? What was wrong with putting? What was wrong with putting intrinsic perks on gear in a raid after after the first year? What was the problem? That I don't know. I I don't know that answer. To me, it's mind boggling how they didn't keep it. Luke Smith keeps referring back to Vault of Glass and uh, and the weapons and the armor and all that stuff, but yet here we are five years later. Is, is that just coming to his head now? Like just saying, hey, what a thought. Hey, Vault of Glass. We we did it originally, but we can't we can't continue doing it, right? Salty, it, it's okay. I I get what you're trying to say with that, but here here's here's the issue, right? Destiny, and I understand Bungie's like thought process of it. So if Bungie doesn't want to be like everybody else, they want to be their own thing. Completely cool. But if you're gonna step into the MMO world, okay, four years after not calling yourself an MMO and now all of a sudden admitting you're an MMO when we knew you were an MMO, so the MMO conversation is over, okay? Like, we knew this, okay? How are you going to step into the MMO world, all right, amongst the 15th or 16th MMO game ever made and then try to say that you're not going to use anything that worked right. from any of the right. other MMO games that made those games fantastic? Why wouldn't you copy that? So what you're telling me is it's okay to rush out a game to copy BR because everybody's making money on BR. 
but it's not okay to take the best points out of MMO games over the last 15 years and put them in your game so the MM your your game is viable. Like it, people want to play it, they want to grind because there's something to grind for and the reason to grind for it. Right? So if we go back to the core of Destiny, which is the gun, okay, and that's what it's supposed to be, it's the gun. All they have to do is make tiered weapons to where you play certain content with certain type of gear in order to try to get the best at the end of that content. Right. Right. So let's, and I'm going to start talking crazy again, but I'm only using the, what they have currently in game that they don't have to invent something new. It's already in bun. It's already in destiny. Here we go. So the strikes on the moon drop, drop the gear necessary for you to kill cabal. Okay. And now, the way you get through the strike, everyone can go through it pretty quick, but you make it at a certain difficulty level where it's challenging. Now, the reason why you want the gear from the strike is it makes you survive longer and do more damage to the enemies with specific weapons, like they're doing now anyway, with your, with your abilities. With the artifacts, okay? right. And with, with the, the artifacts, right. same thing, okay? And then when you reach, when you have a certain number of pieces of gear with you, and you try to do the strike... You can do it better and faster. So now here are the check marks. How fast can I do the strike? Do I do it at a certain do, do I do it at a certain time? Check. Do I do it without dying? Check. Do I do it without anybody in the fire team dying? Check. Once those three check boxes are, are, are made, the gear that drops at the end, boom. High level gear for the next event that you want to do. Guaranteed. Guaranteed drop. Not not random drop. The roll's random, but the gear right. drops. Right. The gear drops, okay. but it's ro- That's random roll. That's the reason why you do it. Now, now I'm going to throw the hand grenade. Okay. Here's the <laughs> hand grenade. It's bungee, right? right? So you can only get the guaranteed gear once a week from that strike, but it's guaranteed. So that means it's going to take you four weeks to get the set of armor. Maybe. Because maybe it'll drop the same thing twice. Oh, yeah, once, per character, once per character, once per character. So technically you can do three a week, right? Whatever, right. whatever, right? But at least it gives me that gear. Now, once again, I have talked about this many times. Once you get the top end gear, then what drops from doing the best you can from that content is an exotic gun that's right. attached to a mission, right? right? And then once you get that exotic gun... Another thing opens up, and now you have to find the armor that goes with the exotic gun. And then once you get that, then you get to go someplace else as Uber Mega Death Boy with armor set that's around the exotic weapon. But right, the problem—that's how the progression. But the, go but for the problem game. with that is then that gun is super OP. But it's only used for specific content. Uh, I got you right. It's Which, only used for specific content. Right. It's not your daily run around shit. The reason why I want the exotic gun with the exotic pieces of armor to go go kill the, the massive death machine that I have to go kill is because that's the only way I can kill the massive death machine. <clears throat> that's the difference. That's the difference. I but mean, now if if you work towards it, if you work towards it, and maybe it's it's an actual trophy. Maybe after you kill the fucking guy, it's an actual trophy. And the trophy, oh, hang on, it's a cutscene that tells a story. Oh my god, I I spent six months. Trying to kill this massive guy, getting exotic weapons and exotic armor. And then when I finally did, a piece of the story came out. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? 
You know they can do this kind of stuff. It's there. All the implementations of the game are already there. This is not inventing anything. This is using the, the mechanics that they have in the game currently right now. Right. Well, Michael, the, 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 it's, it's working, but it's, it's working where they're doing the minimum viability of what the game is to get people to play, right? And the masses, right? You have to remember, there's, yes, there's a lot of older gamers like us playing, but there's a lot more younger gamers that don't know. Like, this could be their first game, right? This could be their first introduction to a first-person shooter or to an MMO. I, I, I hear what, what Hunter's saying is, like, it's not working. Obviously, it's working, right? This is why people are spending money on it. This is why they keep playing the game. What we're trying to say is that Destiny convolutes everything to try to make something, right? They haven't kept anything. Nothing from Destiny 1 till now, even from Destiny 2 to now, is the same. They've completely reworked their light system. They reworked their weapon system. They reworked their armor system. They've changed it all the time, right? They're constantly, they're constantly rotating it because... In a game like this where you play it every single day for the year, it gets stagnant even if you love it, right? So when they announce something and they go, well, we're changing the armor and the armor is going to be like this now. They're like, woo, oh, this is so good. They're, getting, they're making it better. They're making it better. But it's so convoluted the way they're making it better when what Sarge said earlier, there's games out there that have, have done this already, have already made the systems that work and they're good, right? So like when you watch a movie... And you're like, oh, I really like that shot. If I'm a director, I look at movies and I go, oh, what's my inspiration for that shot? Well, I saw this shot in this other film where they do this 360 movement, and I think it would work really well here, right? You take really good things from other people's stuff and make it into yours. And if you take good things and good things and good things, and you also add yours on top of that, it should be a good product. This, it wasn't an MMO. When Destiny first came out, it wasn't a full, it wasn't a full game. It wasn't a full game. They released it. It started getting better and better and better, and then it, it it bottomed out. And then they relaunched it, and it got better and better and better and better, and now here we are again. We're year three, right? We're six years, almost six years into this. This September will be six years, okay? It's two weeks younger than my son, okay? So when my son turns six, two weeks later, Destiny turns six. Like, they're still trying to figure it out. They blew up the foundation of Destiny 1, restarted a brand new foundation, built it up, they still know what they're doing. They're grasping for straws to see what's working. That's why they change the armor. It's always testing. The system that I've talked about for four years makes less work on them so they could make more content for us, right? Leveling up your own gun to be viable into the stuff that you want to do takes them off their off their part. All they have to do is customize the mods and, the, and what perks you can put to put on that gun. And once they figure that out, the balance already happens because they they know if I add this perk to this perk, this gun becomes OP. So we're not going to put that perk with that perk, right? If they had gear sets and they had different bonuses on it, where you could do more damage to Cabal using the hand which, cannon which with this, that was which I thought that was going to happen with the armor, but it never did. Right. So they could do this. What they're doing is little by little, because they have to stretch it out. They have to stretch it out. I get it from a business point, and I get it from a consumer point. Okay, from the business point. They got nothing. They got to slow. They got to slow their roll down because Destiny Three is not coming until twenty twenty two, maybe. Okay, like they have to. They have content. It was already said in this in this uh, DC the director's cut. He goes, our next seasons, like this 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 whole year, what they did with the seasons, that's all next season, right? There might be a small little like shadow shadow keep 
uh, content coming out in September, but then it's just seasons again to get us through this this lull period, okay, of of Destiny. But it doesn't. But it doesn't have to be a lull, okay. I don't understand the season mentality where every season we come up with a new horde mode with a different visual experience, and you think that that's going to fill the void of something to do in the game when you're looking for specific gear, right? Everything that you need to make Destiny interesting is in the game already. All they have to do is focus in on key story plots in the game. Something like, like they're trying to do it now with Saint-14 right? and the Warmind thing. They're trying to do it now, but it, 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 they, don't, they, don't, they don't use the lore of their own game as an anchor for content in their game. It doesn't make sense to me. If you would just focus on one character or two characters and then go off on a little tangent of something and just say, all right, we, this is the guy you have to work for. This is the kind of stuff. You, this is the mission you have to go on. And like the missions, it, it seems easy, right? It's one of those long missions you played in an MMO, right? Like you think it's going to take you like 20 minutes, but really it's like a six part mission that takes like three and a half hours, right? Like that kind of thing where you find a th- you find a guy, you have to go find the gear. The gear's hard to come by. Then you have to find out how to get the gear. Then you then you talk to your friends about it. Everyone once again, the internet speeds everything up anyway, guys. Remember this: the quest would take three and a half hours, but because you're on Twitter and your friends tell you how to do it, you can knock it out in an hour and a half. Sure, but it's still content, right? Okay, everything is there. I don't understand why they find it so hard to use what they have in the game as content. There are there. There's at least six storylines that have not been closed. They never no, close that. There's more anything. Main storylines. Main yeah, storylines. Yeah, main story there's more than main, that. <laughs> okay. They don't close anything. Like, what are you waiting for? What What's going to happen if you close a storyline? Are you going to think you're going to freak out? Them not closing a storyline is them pro, is, is them postponing your weapon disability the, the, over the last 15 years. Like, why? The reason they don't close a story is because they're still making the story, right? They have to keep it open-ended because if they close it, they have to start another... You don't have it? You don't right, know what's going right. to happen yet? Look, I'm still... Think I'm about still that. I'm, Think about that for a minute. I'm, you don't know what's going to happen? Well, they have to know, right? First of okay. all, the Aldrin thing, right? I'm telling you right now. The cutscene that we saw back in 2013 of Aldrin holding the gun saying, why is everyone after me? Okay. It's coming back. They're going to find a if, way to use if it. If that comes back, maybe not the cutscene, but those lines where he's on the thing and he's looking at your guardian and he says, why is everyone after me? And he's pointing a gun. It's because he doesn't remember because he is now a guardian and his mind got erased and he doesn't know why people hate him. Okay. But they know they hate him because of what he did and he killed Cade 6, right? The story's been written, okay? They know what's happening. They're just picking out parts and then putting it and then developing around that main story, right? Yeah, I think I think they're scared that if they close storylines that they have no place to go before the next game comes no, out. That's, that's exactly. What I think, that's what I think the problem is. That's exactly I what it that is. They're scared that they don't have. So basically, they're going to hold on to. They're holding on to all the story plots like you're holding on to all the weapons. Right. right, they're hoarding for no right. reason. For no <laughs> reason, use them. You have the gun. Use it. You yeah. have the story. Use it. Make it interesting. Make me a reason why I want to play. Right, that that whole that whole Saint fourteen thing, that little cutscene that happened at the very end, that is like that. 
that's that's the beginning of what should be happening all the time yeah. for every season. Yeah. Something like that should be happening. I'm not asking. Look, I'm not asking for like full feature length films for cutscenes no. every 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 time. I I like what they did with Eris. Like I don't even need cutscenes. Like Division doesn't do barely any cutscenes. They tell you a story with a still image and an audio dialogue, right? Like you don't have to tell me anything. Like when you went to Eris Morn and did the her fire team, you just she just stood in front of you. It's not a cutscene. It's like in game. She's talking to the other other character, and I'm just there watching. I can move around and do whatever I want. That doesn't take as long as as making a cutscene, right? It's the same. This is that's a third of the cost, a third of the actual time because it's just a guy in a in a in a suit, okay? And they're just mo, mo capturing him, and, he's, and they're and they're adding it. That's it. The dialogue and audio. That's all they have to do. I know it, me saying that's all they have to do is like, well, it's not a big deal. No, I understand. I, I work in the film industry. It takes a long time to do stuff like that. But at the same time, I don't need full cutscenes. I just want story. I just want content. The the Saint 14 mission was three weeks long, and that was it. I was like, all right, well, what have we, what have we done this other eight weeks? Nothing. You, you've you've took Fractal and put it into a fucking thing, and there's one cutscene that everyone got with, with Osiris talking to, to the uh, war mine. Right, like I just, I just want. God, I, I love Destiny so much. Right, I just want them to do something. But it, at this time, look, I know I'm on the outside of the circle. Okay, I'm looking at, I'm looking into the circle, going, none of these people understand what's going on right now. They're milking you, okay, by doing the minimum possible to get the most out of you. Okay, and when they do something, they're like, how do we, how do we survive this year? Let's release trials, okay? I said it last year before Destiny, before the Shadow Keep was like announced. I said trials is not coming back until spring next year because that's the slow period of the time, and that'll be an insurgence of trials. It doesn't matter if people cheating or not, and they can't figure it out. Everyone's all, everyone's putting out their own own two cents, right? No, no, they have this cheat thing coming out. They they're gonna stop cheating. There's gonna be cheating galore. There's gonna be DDoSing galore. There's gonna be a whole bunch of problems happening. Well, people will be playing. People are gonna be loving it, and they're gonna love it, and they're gonna like it. They're gonna sit there and go, "Oh, I love this trials. Ugh, this is, is this this is milk spoiled? No. All right, ah, I love it. That's what they're gonna do. They're just going to continue doing the same process. If you don't see it now, you'll never see it. They've literally done the exact same pattern." Every single year, every year for five years. It's the same. It's the same pattern. Same like, exact. I don't, I don't understand how you can get excited. How, how do you get excited about about the same the same pattern happening again? I just I just want, okay. I just want story, and I'm invested now five years of my time. So when they come out with new DLC, I'm like, all right, well, all right. let me see if the story. It's it's ten dollars. It's a cup of it's two cups of coffee. I'm just gonna, right, I'm just right. gonna I'm, I'm done I'm done with the whole coffee. Right. Thing, right? So it, I, I'm just saying that the. If, if we add up everything that's been said over the last five years, the content's too hard to keep up with. That's the reason why they left Activision. Well, they haven't changed anything. So if you're making content, it still takes just as long as with Activision or without Activision. Right. Right? If the content's hard to keep up with. Uh, we understand that. Right. We also understand how it's an MMO now, which has always been an MMO. So the MMO conversation's over. Yep. Now, if you're in an MMO, you know that it takes grind to get to top gear. So I'm done listening to the vocal minority talk about they don't want grind. You playing Destiny four times a week for an hour and a half for, for 40 hours, hours a week, they're grinding you, anyway. You, you're grinding anyway. You are grinding. I don't care yep. what you if you don't know the definition of grinding 
or you space it out so you don't want to call it grinding, but that's the, what it is. The, the community right you're now. You're either grinding for currency, you're grinding for a gun, you're grinding for armor, you're grinding for some type of thing in the game that you want the, to have the, in case something happens. The, the best part you're is grinding. the people that say they don't like to grind and they don't want to do my system of leveling the guns up, right? They're, they're sitting there with 50,000 fractile. They're sitting there with uh, 100 rounds of going into the, the – doing the same thing over and over to get the gun, right? Like think of the process. I don't want your system 30 because it makes too much fucking sense to take one gun and level it up, right, over 20 hours. I want to sit there for 200 hours, and I want to go for the thing that I want to go for, and then when I get it, not going to use it, right? I mean that's, that's the way people do it. The what, people about the, what, what about the guys that show on Twitter – they show the gun that he says he retired his gun. I saw this one Twitter post. I'm retiring this gun. It was a sniper rifle. I forget the name. Forgive me. Had 42,000 kills. With how a, with how a many? Rifle. Like 42,000 kills. Yeah, see, that's nice, right? though. Right? He, he's retiring his sniper rifle because he's done with it finally after 42,000 kills. But he wasn't grinding, guys. Right. 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 I, I have 42,000 kills, yeah, but I wasn't grinding. Same, I've been using the same sniper rifle for 42,000 kills. I guess you guys can figure it out if you're a PvP player how long that might take. I don't want to grind. I don't want to grind. Right. I don't want to grind, but I'm going to have 42,000 kills with the gun. Right. But I want new gear, but I have 42,000 42, kills with that one gun. Right. <laughs> it, 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 it becomes double talk. It becomes double talk. The solutions to Destiny are actually are, have already been made. They're in the game. They refuse to allow themselves to open up to use current MMO positive mechanics that work for MMOs in today's in today's world. They refuse to use any of them. They want to go their own way, and they want to convolute systems because, that are already in place right. because they need to artificially stretch out, right, they have to stretch out the, the time. contact yep. that they have because of everything that was said over the last 18 months, which is the content is not easy to come up with. It's hard yep. to keep up with content. We already know all this. Nothing has changed. Yeah. So just because they left Activision, nothing has changed. Well, that's that's where, where Destiny's at. So they're they're letting you keep your weapons, but after nine to fifteen months, you're not gonna want to use those weapons anyway because they're gonna So they're not blowing up the tower. They're just letting you slowly die. Slowly, right. Slowly, slowly die. die. Yeah. Because after after that much time, you won't care anyway. Right. Right. All right, so let's go to the next the next topic. The next topic I want to talk about. Let me see. Let's talk about Star Wars, right? I'll bring up. We'll we'll start off slow with the uh, with the Star Wars update. So, Star Wars Battlefront Two: Age of the Rebellion update is coming out, and the reason I'm bringing this up first is because we'll talk about Star Wars, and then we'll we'll, we'll jump into the next big topic, right? So, Star Wars Battlefront Two's Rebellion. Uh, developer DICE has detailed the next major upcoming uh, to the game, the Age of the Rebellion update, which launches on February 26th, which was yesterday. Xbox One and PC includes the new co-op locations of Ewok, uh, at the Ewok Hunter and the ISB Agent. Uh, four, character, uh, four characters, uh, four new map weapons, improvements, the hero characters, and two new heroes versus villains maps, among other notable changes. Uh, the Age of Rebellion update is themed around the original Star Wars trilogy, starting with the new special units, the Ewok Hunter, with a special version of the Ewok who carries a bow with a dual firing mode and can be used to, uh, uh, use the horn and it can be blown to improve attacks to increase damage resistance. The Ewok Hunter can also throw wists at enemies to burn them. 
The ISB agent, meanwhile, is a dual-wielding character who carries two RK-3 blasters, and the character can also run extra fast and receive limited damage when assault training ability is activated. She also has an Imperial Intel ability to scan the nearby area to reveal the locations of the closest enemies. Outside of the new characters, the Age of Rebellion update introduces a new, uh, new locations for co-op, including Yavin, Death Star 2, uh, Endor, Hoth, Tatooine, Kessel, and Jabba's Palace. And the new weapons added to the update include the E-11D medium-range blaster, the DL-17 short-range pistol, the T-21 heavy blaster, and the, the collider rifle. Is that how you say that? The collider? Yeah, collider rifle is long-range shooting. These four weapons can be also unlocked by completing certain challenges in co-op. The Age of Rebellion update also makes changes to range of heroes, most notably Leia and specifically her E-11 blaster. This weapon has a buffed increased start damage from 32 to 36 and the end damage from 17 to 19. Weapon recoil has a been reduced to while blasters fire spread and also reduced. And the new Heroes vs. Villains map, meanwhile, is the MC-85 Star Cruiser and the Resurgent Class Star Destroyer. This is uh, just a small sampling of the high-level changes that you can find in Battlefront 2. So... Here's a game. It's been out for since late, what, no October, November of 2017, right? The whole debacle with the with the loot crates and everything. Here we are, three years later, right? We're two and a half years later into the life cycle of this uh, Battlefront, and it's in a good spot. It's a good game. It really is. It's a really good game for what it is. But we had to wait two and a half years to get there, right? And going into this is a theme, right? So there's other games that have been out there, like No Man's Sky, just had an update. It's been out for four years, okay? It's been out for four years, and it's a good game now, okay? Division 2 has been out for one year, but with Division 1, Division 1 and Division 2 are like the same. It's like Destiny 1 Destiny 2. Been out for five years, okay, or four years, and now it's a better game. So the the theme here is the new standard, is what the podcast is called today, the new standard, is game developers are creating games that have basically are not complete at launch, okay? They're they're one-third of a game, maybe half a game, right? That's disguised as a full game, right? Like Anthem, like, uh, like No Man's Sky, like Fallout 76, like Destiny when it first came out. Like, all of these games are disguised as a full-fledged game when they come out, and really, they weren't done, right? Here you are going back in because that now they're doing this to what's that Ubisoft game that's out? Uh, Breaking Point. Breaking Point has this update coming out. It's supposed to change the game, right? It's going to change the game. It's been out for a year. <clears throat> it's going to change the game. No Man's Sky had that change the game. Now everyone compares itself. Are they going to have that No Man's Sky comeback, right? So Star Wars has done it correctly, but they also are part of the problem, right? Dice. EA is part of the problem, releasing games that are incomplete and then having you play the game for two years, three years as game testers to find out what's what's nerfed, what's buffed, what's good, what's bad. And the way the industry has now described it or swayed it into uh, to credible sources is basically they're like, well, uh, we're listening to the community and we've heard what you said and now we've changed the weapons to make them better. Right, we've learned this to 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 make them. We're nerfing these. We're we're buffing these. We've added these maps. We've added these game modes that you've asked for. We've added loot boxes that you've asked for. So basically, so what, so what, what was the original idea of the game before it came out? The original idea that, was that, that, that you needed that you needed us to tell you all that 
before you release it so you can release it and then listen to our feedback, then change the game. So what was your right. idea before? Right. Well, Star Wars. Star Wars was the name, and uh, and and Destiny, Space Guys, Space Magic was that was the idea, and uh, Anthem was flying Iron Man. That's that was the whole thing. We we know that's true because there was actual footage of them saying at E3, this is what the game is. It's flying around like Iron Man. That's what they said. Okay, so they they they've trained us now. They've trained us now where we sit at our houses, we pay our money for digital games that we don't own. They're they're we're licensed to us now. We don't own a game anymore. Physical copy, non physical copy doesn't matter. You don't own the game anymore. Uh, you get to play test it for them over the course of the the privilege of paying sixty dollars to play test the game for them for the next two, three, four years. Uh, if it's a games of service or not, it's just an update they come out with, right? Because technically, like No Man's Sky wasn't supposed to be a games of service game. Uh, just wasn't right so but now everything's a games of service even if it's not a games of service it could be a single player game and they update it right here's the free update but they have a microtransaction store in there here's here's we're listening to you we put a new game mode in it took us four years to make it because it wasn't originally in the game from the start for instance galactic conquest still not in the game okay was in the game 17 years ago not in the game today Today, not the game. It's not in the game. Why? It's one imagine, of the most. Imagine Battlefield coming out with no conquest mode. Yeah, it just it, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense, right? Like it was in every other game, right? So they came out with it. They gave us Star Wars Battlefront One. It was a, it was a fun game. It was beautiful, but they pushed it to the wayside. Battlefront Two came out. was an incomplete game, and now it's a full chock full of stuff. It's a great game now, right? So they developed it for two years, maybe. Right? And now it's been out for almost three years, so that's a five-year game, four-and-a-half, five-year game, and now it's a complete game, right? But we are we are fronting that. We are fronting it. It's the new standard. We get to play test the games. We get to not only play test them, live play test them because we play test them. They get the feedback live, and then they go, well, this we need to change. We, we need to nerf this gun. We need to do this gun. We need to change this. We need to add this map. This is what they're asking for. People are really spending a lot of money on this, so let's make more more costumes on this, right? This is what the industry is now. That's the new standard, right? What do you think about this, Sarge, as far as the way I the industry is going? You don't want to ask me, bro. You know, I, I don't want to rant do. this. I don't want to ask this really, rant this really in the, in the, in the actual show. Listen, <clears throat> The way the developers, uh, once again, I'll, I'll look at it from their standpoint, right? The way that the, the, the complexity of AAA games right now, the way that uh, using, using the good ones as a standard, not, not just any AAA, like the ones that we've remembered, the amount of time it takes to release a game from beginning to end is, we are, we, we've established, three, three to five, to five right. usually, right? They need to have games out when they need to have the game out, right? For for uh, shareholders, for the bottom line of the spreadsheet, for the spreadsheet about profits for the quarter, profits for whatever. So the game has to come out when they need it to come out. So by now, the the, the issue that we the, where we stand now is I don't have a hard copy, I don't need to ship it. So that's a, that's an additional fourteen fifteen dollars that's that goes into their pocket, right? I can release the game early. Because I can patch it day one, it doesn't affect it doesn't affect our bottom line because we hyped and promised the game on December twenty first, 
And regardless of what the game is, regardless of what the state of the game is in, we're going to release it December 21st, and whoever's going to play it's going to get it anyway, right? Then they're going to be mad, and then we're going to apologize, and then we're going to spend the next year and a half, two years fixing, fixing the game the way it was supposed to be, right? Okay, and they're going to they're going to like it because the gamers don't give a shit. That's basically what it comes down to because they know there's enough of us out there that want to play the game over anything else. We don't care about the quality. We don't care about the way the game's released. I just want to play the game, bro. It's fun. So that's the mentality. And so they know that the number of people that think that way outweighs the, the vocal that minority right. that's on Twitter every day screaming at Blizzard and screaming at Activision and screaming at EA. And it doesn't matter the screaming that goes on because the bottom line doesn't matter. Right? Those people are buying that garbage. They are buying it and eating it up right. because they want to play. So... They know this now, so it doesn't matter how the game is released, which to me is disgraceful because in no other market can you do this. Exactly. We, we, you we, cannot do this in any other market. You would go out of business. But because consumers in this, this market don't seem to care about quality, all they care about is the fun factor, you have the... You have the guys who are doing streams and YouTube channels trying to educate the kids, and that's what it is. It's us educating ourselves because there's nobody, not the news, not the not the right. media. There's no one reporting nobody, this stuff. Right. Nobody is reporting any of the shit that's going on in our world except for our own people. Right, because it's just okay? games. It's just games. It's just games. Right. It's only forty billion dollar industry. It's just games, right? No one cares. Right, so this is the issue. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't condone it, and I won't purchase anything if I don't, if I don't, if I smell anything coming off a game, I don't buy it. The only reason why, listen, guys, the only reason why I'm playing Division Two right now is because it was three bucks, and by the way, somebody else bought it <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't even fork out three bucks. Right. I didn't even fork out three bucks because Division One. Left a stank in my mouth so bad that I said I don't give a shit what they come out with next. I don't care, right? I'm glad it. I'm glad it improved, but just because it improved, just means they found the bare minimum they needed to do in order to get a, a, a fan base that they needed, because fan base equals numbers and percentage of numbers equals microtransactions. That's how it works. Which which there is right? in division. Yeah, right? there, there's microtransactions. No, yeah, yeah. It's but it's under. I I don't care. It's it's underlining. It doesn't matter. But certain number of people playing means a certain percentage buying. That's how it works. And that's what they're looking at. It's all numbers to them. It's not about the art anymore. That's what saddens me. Right. That's why I look forward to whatever indie games are coming up. That those guys are hungry and they want people to play their game because they. <laughs> They went crazy trying to make it. So, so tell me, Sarge, because you know more about the story because you read it more than I did about the EA uh, about getting sued by uh, by the the French company, the French lawyers. Okay, so this story was out before. They're just they're just moving forward with it now. So, there's a French law firm that's going after EA, and they're trying to attach not just the gambling aspect to the sports games. But they're trying to assess the value of actual content in the game. So just because you're not you're not spending money, they're look at it, they're they're looking at it from the point of view as if I don't have the guys to play with, 
that I can't beat the guys who have the characters. Right. And so once you've established a baseline, so let's say Team A's got like a 95 average, and the team that you're playing only has like an 89 average. But you guys have been playing FIFA since you were 12. Right, we're both okay. evenly skilled, let's like, say. We're talking about matched. two guys who've been playing EA for since like, maybe they've been playing FIFA for like 10 years each, okay? Now they play each other. You guys know how the scripts work. You guys know how things happen when you play with AI stuff. You know how things go. And for some reason, at critical moments in the game, always the 95 team gets one over on the 89 team because of the score difference. Right, because of the... Because of the card difference. And so the guy with the team of 89 has to keep buying more cards because he knows that if he plays that guy every five times he plays him, I'm going to lose four times. And I'm only going to beat him once. Okay? But it's enough for me to buy cards in order to try to beat him again when I have the same value of skill on my team. Right. It's not about what I know how to play the game. It's about the scripts of the game. That's what they're going after. They're saying that they're assigning value to the characters in the game and so because of that, it's gambling because it's pay to win. Right. You have to have those guys in order to win. So, okay? They're, that's, that's what they're going for. So now, if this, if, if they can get... I, I seriously doubt it, though, because EA is throwing so much money at lawyers now to protect the gambling aspect. Because you know if the gambling aspect... The surprise falls, mechanics. The surprise mechanics. Whatever you want to call it. If the, if, the, if, the, if the gambling aspect of EA folds and they're able to set a precedent... Then goodbye profits for any of the sports games anymore. Oh, by the way, guys, FIFA and Madden made plenty of money before any team thing was ever made. Right. Right. Those those games sold like gangbusters. They made a shit ton of money. They just didn't make an ass load of money. Right. Right. That's the difference. So we're going to follow it now. We're going to see what happens over the next few months because the court thing is supposed to start, I think, sometime in the spring. And we're going to see what happens. I would love to see. What would happen if they assign value? If they assign value to 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 team the team the team aspect of FIFA and they win, I'd love to see what would happen. So so basically, the way the cards are is the same thing of the basically the patent that went through for Activision, where if someone's using a machine gun, right, and murdering you, then all of a sudden you look at it and go. I want that gun. So you go try to buy that gun. You buy that gun, and now you become more powerful. Right. Instead of it so, being a gun, so basically, it's it's, 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 a, it's a it's character, a right? It's a it's a Mossy or Messier or whatever, right? And uh, that's basically what's happening. So basically, the characters are the weapons. Yes. So if I get, if I lose now, I want that character on my team. So I'm going to go buy those cards, right? Yes. I have well, you, you can't buy the card. It's still random. Right. It's a, it's that, it's a pack of cards. It, well, it's a it's a pack of cards. Right. Yeah. 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 Yes. Well, I'm sure you could buy that separate card off of eBay. I guarantee you, if I look, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look right now. It, I, it just, it's just one of these things where if it, it's one of the stories that gamers should pay attention to, because if the precedent is sent, it leads to other things. I know some people don't give a shit. I know people don't care about this kind of thing. All they're interested in is new games. What's fun? I don't care. But like slowly but surely, things change in your industry. And eventually, it's going to reach you at a point that you didn't you didn't think it was going to. That's all. So you should follow some of these things. Hold on, one second, I, one second. I personally believe that EA's got too many lawyers at this point, and after all the all the hubbub, something's going to have to give at some point where they can they can attach the gambling with kids 
And once that happens, it'll open things up. But right now, it's still EA's game. Okay, so you can you can literally buy. You can't buy. Well, you you can't buy individual. Maybe you can play around card gifts. FIFA twenty ultimate. Yeah, so you could you could sell a card for like twenty bucks. This guy's selling his account. He's got fifty million or five million five million coins, twenty seven packs, and fifteen hundred players in club. He's selling it for three hundred and fifty four dollars. Yeah, but, but but once again, here's the here's the rub, right? Okay, so you buy that, right? Come come August or September, it doesn't matter that three hundred and forty five dollars you just bought from that guy's account, it, it's useless because everything goes away, everything zeros right. out. When the new game comes out, everything zeros out. Nobody has anybody, nobody has any of the cards, which means all the money that they made from all those cards is now just evaporated. <clears throat> we just start over from scratch, and I charge the same people again to try to get the same guys again. How how mental are you that you would spend that kind of money every year to play a game where the players are in the game anyway? What's wrong with you guys? So, Michael, you can actually buy individual cards inside the game? Yeah. I have, inside I, the game, a, a separate marketplace. <clears throat> Pack opening. Let me see how this uh, this works because I. It's bizarre to me. It's I, bizarre I, to me to think that you would spend that much money on a game that erases every year. Imagine you having to do that with Destiny or any other game, where every year you start over again for a premium price, of course. <clears throat> so what what is because I I'm I don't I haven't played a FIFA game in about a decade, right? Before they before they introduced this the 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 Madden you know Ultimate Cards Dream Team or whatever yeah, whatever, it whatever it's called. That's the last time I played. So I'm watching a guy open the packs right now, and he's just opening up packs. Why, if I if I wanted, I guess you're you're taking the risk of trying to find that one person, or you can go buy them straight up. Can you go buy straight up players? And is from it other people? Oh, from other people with in-game currency, people. with in-game currency. Well, you have to buy real money to get the fake money. It's still the same. I got gotcha. you. Still the same. You're still paying to win, or actually, basically, pay, you're you are paying to compete. Never mind, play to win. So here's what I don't understand, right? Because you you buy the game for sixty bucks, and then you're buying basically a, a lineup for another thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, hundred, two hundred dollars, whatever to make your team. Yeah, but my question is, who's on the team? Who's on the team before you start spending money on the packs? Do I have just a bunch it's, of it's the, rookie retards no, 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 it's running the, around? No, it's How does it work? It's the same. It's the same character. Well, it's it's completely different. Uh, it's like a fantasy team. So basically, it's like if uh, you're playing fantasy football, fantasy baseball. I, I know you you've never played that stuff, Sarge. But if if I play a fantasy team, I do a draft, whatever, and I get I get random players. Like I can pick. I'm assuming if it works like fantasy football, you have a, a budget, and on your budget you can get certain players and stuff to put on your ultimate team after that you would have to purchase cards to unlock uh let's say you had a 75 player of Messi, right and then all of a sudden now you open up a pack and you get a gold version of him and now he's like an 85 so now you would put him in place of your other Messi that you had there and then you could buy a platinum i'm assuming and you could buy something i'm assuming that's what it is as so here's my question then so if using Messi as an example if I happen to spend another $150 and I happen to actually get him 
and I play against you, and you have Messi already. Is Messi playing against Messi? Yes, yes, yes. That's that's to me is where it becomes retarded. Because it's my fantasy team versus your fantasy team. So basically what they've done is fantasy football, I'm just watching numbers, and I'm watching real football games, and then watching my fake player names give me points and stuff. Basically what they've done is they've taken fantasy football, fantasy soccer, put it into these games – so now I have a fantasy league. I have those those players because you can actually join leagues and only have one Messi, only have one thing. But when you're no, playing on the open, it. when you're playing on the open world market and you're just playing against anyone in the world, I could have Messi. You could have Messi, right? I could have an 85 Messi. You could have a 92 Messi. I could have a 99 Messi, right? That's that's basically what it is. It's still it's still asinine to me to think that even if I spent that much money to get these characters that after a year I have to start over again and rebuy everything all over again. Yeah, that's 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 the problem I don't understand because like you're paying sixty bucks for the game, then you're paying hundreds of dollars, okay, to get your team up to a certain point, which you could do really fast, or you could do it over like every week I'm paying uh twenty dollars of my paycheck. To try to open up more packs, and then seven have... months later, I'm still trying to get it, and then the next game comes out. The part, the part of my brain that registers that to be a good idea on any level, I don't own that part of my brain. That, that I don't think I've even had that part of my brain in here. That says throwing money ten times the game's worth every year just to keep playing a game doesn't make sense to me on any level. Right. I, and by the way, for those of you that do that, I'm glad you're having fun, but you're a poor consumer. <laughs> <laughs> so so basically that's that's what it is. They've taken fantasy football and and put it in the hands where I can actually play the games. I can play with my players on my team and have that fantasy of being a manager. And now you are because you're literally spending hundreds of dollars on a micro scale. You're the owner of a team and you're spending hundreds of dollars and you're getting zero return. It's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's like it, it, owning the Marlins. It, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> after after a while the 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 attitude that they have towards players in order to get money from them has reached a level of just it, it's it's just it, it's it's over the top greed for something that should just be a, a fun thing to play. So we oh we're thinking casino. That's why the lawsuit's happening because it's gambling. That's why they're trying to. That's why they're trying to. They're put this lawsuit together for the, it. The, the 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 foot they have to stand on, or the leg they have to stand on, whichever comment you like to use, is the fact that it still says on the game box three and above. Right. It's it's meant for right? three year olds. Yeah. Right. It's a family game. FIFA is a family game. It's for three and up. Yeah. Remember that. All right. So <clears throat> going from that to uh, Back real short, EA canceled yet another Star Wars game. This time it was a spinoff of Battlefront. This is the third Star Wars game that's been canceled. So they now have canceled more Star Wars games than have released. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, it's tied. It's 3-3. Battlefront 1, Battlefront 2, and Jedi Fallen Order. Three games released, three games canceled in uh, eight years. Okay? So before EA had the exclusive rights for Star Wars... There was literally a Star Wars game every year for like somebody fifteen for fifteen years. Yeah, somebody made. Something. And now there's been three games over eight years and three canceled, and yet they're still working on two more are in the works. And a couple, I guess I guess it must be really difficult to come up with a Star Wars game. Yeah, if there was only if there was only a way of like I don't know like an extended universe of some sort of stuff or storylines that you could take off of like movies and stuff. If there was only like nine to fifteen movies that you could base it off of, 
maybe it's they would hard. they would have a better it's time making a Star Wars game. Yeah. So that's just a quick a quick uh, a quick thing. Yeah, we're not even talking about this Disney CEO. I'm gonna wait to talk a little bit more about that on on the podcast because someone just you doesn't know. leave and say I'm leaving immediately when right. nothing is wrong. Right? No one just steps down and goes, you know what? I'm leaving today. I just feel like it. I'm done. Right? My my guess is my guess is it's because he was on the Apple board and Apple's trying to make moves into the streaming verse and that's why he had to go. There well, there's there's terms about Apple buying into certain things and they couldn't because of Iger was on the on the board of Disney. Board. And yes. now he's still on the board of Apple, but he's not on the board of Disney. But Correct. at the same time, they're also thinking because Iger wants to run for president of the United States. So they're thinking he's getting out now, but it doesn't matter because he's not running now, right? So he could have just waited until his contract was over in 2021 and then right. started running. So those are two things going around right now. But again, I'm not going to put my two cents in because Dude, I just don't know. Grain of salt, bro. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Grain of salt. <coughs> right, so we, we, we did the new standard. We've done that. Let's talk about let – me, let me bring up this um, – let me bring up the Xbox uh, Series X stuff here. So this is actually, I, I actually like what's going on with the Xbox. And let me tell you, completely unrelated, but related, uh, the coronavirus that's going on right now, there's a report saying that we might not even get the new systems. If, that's, if, that's if, they completely do, plausible. Right, if they don't get it under control by May, they said that the new systems won't go into production and we probably won't get new 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 systems. And if that happens... All I have to say is PlayStation is in more trouble than Microsoft because Xbox, you can play all these games on the systems you already own on your PC or Xbox One, right? Where PlayStation has exclusive games that are only for PlayStation 5. Okay, so huge advantage. So I'm just saying if the coronavirus stops the systems, that's probably the best thing to happen to Microsoft <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a shitty way. But... Because they can still sell their games. They can go about their business and still sell all their Game Pass games that are first-party titles on the PC and on their Xbox that you already own. And you get a free copy moving forward because they have a smart delivery system that they're, they're, they're putting onto it. Right, and, and let's remember, most games are delivered digitally. You don't, have to wait, you don't have to wait for a boat full of uh, containers, full of cartridge or discs coming across the ocean. Right. All you do is just download games. Right. That's all we're doing now. So that, that's the thing uh, on, the, on, the, on, that, on that side, which could really happen. Uh, all right, so Microsoft, uh, let me tell you what the stats are here. Uh, is, this the real, is this the real stats? These are actual the... stats that Phil Spencer came out with, and this is this is official from Xbox. The console based on the AMD's current generation Zen 2 processor architecture. Zen 3 is expected by June, plus a graphic processor using AMD's forthcoming RDNA 2 micro architecture, presumably built on the Navi 70 nanometer process. If you know what all that is, congratulations. It's above my pay grade. Other hardware includes solid-state storage and HDMI 2.1 connection carryover from the previous model and optical drive for game discs. It also is unsurprisingly incorporated Microsoft's DirectX 12 and the latest version of the company's graphics programming interface, which is on which is in Windows 10. Notably, the GPU support for DirectX ray tracing is a variable rate shading in combination. These all will allow the Xbox to drive higher frame rates, 4K resolution at 120 frames per second with variable rate refresh support with connected to compatible TVs or monitors, i.e. if you have an HDMI 2.1 connection. 
Some specs remain rumors. The audio processing, for example, according to the description of the GDC 2020 panel schedule on March 18th with Robert uh, uh, Sr., technical audio specialist at Microsoft, the next-generation Xbox console will have a dedicated hardware acceleration, which implies that the Xbox will be offloading the processing from the CPU to an audio chip. Uh, It has 12 teraflops. 12 teraflops. It's a lot of flops. Uh, For games incorporated, the DXR acceleration gives developers the opportunity to render far more accelerating light, shadows, and reflections without negatively affecting the performance without a lot of optimization overhead otherwise required a VRS, which lets developers choose where they can save processing power while rendering the frame based on how visual important uh, the area is and how noticeably uh, slightly rougher or render might be. Uh, in addition to supporting the variable f- refresh rate, which lets consoles sync game frame rates and compatible TVs and monitors to minimize the artifacting uh, and the stutter and tearing caused by the mismatch of the HDMI 2.1 adds a ALLM, which is or an audio low latency mode, which is automatically sets the dis- display to the lowest latency mode and has been available for TVs for manufacturers like Sony and LG for the for at least a year. Keep in mind that if you run a 4K 112, uh, tw- uh, 120 frames per second, you'll need an HDMI 2.0 connection to the TV monitor as well. Uh, Microsoft released is a 12 teraflop of GPU performance, but that's kind of meaningless without context. Floating point is simply a non-arrhythmic, um, uh, but can it also have a different size of specs to store the values. Um, so they're also doing a smart delivery system. A smart delivery system is... You can purchase the games now on your Xbox, but the smart delivery system is is that you'll it'll it'll be the best it can be on the system that you're getting. So if I buy CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077 on my Xbox, what I have now, it will be optimized and best for my system as is. But with CD with Projects uh, CD Projekt Red's uh, Cyberpunk 2077, if you buy it now. <clears throat> for the Xbox One and the PlayStation... Well, I'm just going to say Xbox because it's official for Xbox, not a, not for PlayStation yet. But if you buy it for Xbox now, they will give you a free upgrade for the Xbox Series X later. Now, how long? I don't know. But I think there's going to be a time limit on that because they want you to buy it to sell the next system, right? So I want to go on record. I said couple weeks ago, about a month ago, when they said they're canceling it, I said, well, now that they're pushing it to September, I said, there's no reason, there's no reason to buy it for Xbox because you're going to have it on the lowest quality possible, right? Like they are, they, at that time, they didn't announce it for the Xbox One X at all. They said, we have no plans at this time, a month ago, right? And now they're saying that when it comes out for the Xbox X, which is official and it is coming out for Xbox One Series X, okay, that it will be on there and you can get it for free now the difference is other companies like grand theft auto i bought it for xbox 360 i bought it for xbox one and then i bought it for pc i bought it three times cda project red is saying look you can buy cyberpunk 2077 right now for the console that you own on xbox and down the road if you do buy an xbox series x console we'll give it to you for free upgrade right give it to you for a free upgrade which is outstanding that that's showing how good a company CD Projekt Red is okay. They're not out to try to get you like everyone else in the industry, like EA and Activision, and Ubisoft, and all these other 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 companies. 
CD Projekt Red is trying to win the customers over by going, look, you buy a hard copy, we're giving you a whole bunch of stuff in here. If you buy a hard copy, you can play it for the system that you're playing on right now with the Xbox, and then we'll give you a digital copy free up, uh, upgrade for, for your new system, which is fantastic, right? So now, if you are going to buy CD Projekt Red, get it for your Xbox because now you can enjoy it on day one on your old system, and then when the new system comes out, if you're going to get it, you can get a new copy and have the better graphics, better intentionally, better better stuff. Now, what I said before was there is probably going to be a time limit. This is my speculation on this. Project Red or CD Project Red is telling you that you will upgrade you to the Xbox Series X, but for how long? I'm assuming it'll run to the end of the year, maybe to like the end of January. I don't see them running it longer than that. Like I don't think six months from now. Once the, once the system launches, they're like, oh, yeah, you bought it for us six months down the line. Yeah, yeah, we'll give it to you for free. I think it's a thing there to sell. Like, It's a promotional period. Right. That, like, that, 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 uh, goodwill. Right. Consu- pro-consumer goodwill to let you know that if you're concerned about buying the Xbox Series X or not, you're still going to get the best version of the game, which is it, it's a, it's a great way to go about it. Right. And again, this is my speculation about the upgrade, right? They haven't announced anything like that, but I remember... When I got Destiny for Xbox One, there was like a promotion period. Like, it, we'll get it for you, but you have to get it before the end of the year, like or whatever it was, right? So, going forward, I think Xbox is is doing something great here, right? Because their smart delivery system is is way beyond what what PlayStation's offering, right? You can now play all your games across the board on all all, all the things. Where on PlayStation, we don't know anything yet. Even if they say you can do backwards compatibility, right? Microsoft still has the jump on them because of Project X Cloud, because of PC, and now the smart delivery service. As far as uh, what's as going far, on, as far as stats go for the Xbox, though, for context purpose, it doesn't mean anything to me until I see a game running with it to show me what the system can actually do. Now, what I'm hoping that does not happen is the same thing that happened when Xbox was released. Okay, the Xbox uh, One X, which was they came out with one game that was just all about all about visuals, but the game sucked. But they kept using it as the trailer to promote what the game looks like, what the game looks like. Look at the graphics, look at the graphics. But the game itself sucked. I think it was oh, called Rise, Rise of Rome. Rise of Rome. Rise, right? It was yeah. called Rise. So what I'm hoping is is that there's an actual game, Halo Infinite. If there's an actual game. That's going to come out with the system that shows what it can do, and if they're going to show it at E3 or some other type of event, that's going to show oh, what it is. They're showing they're showing it at E3. All right, so this is what the 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 smart delivery system technology is. I'm going to tell you exactly. Microsoft described the smart delivery technology that allows you to buy a game once and know that whether you're playing it on the Xbox One or Xbox Series X, you're going to get the right version of that game or whatever Xbox you're playing on. Smart Delivery will use an ex- exclusive Xbox Game Studio games with Halo Infinite cited as an example. It, me- it, it means you only need to buy the game once, and then you'll get the best possible version of the console you're playing it on. That means you'll buy Halo Infinite on, on a 2013 Xbox One and later and decide to play it on the Xbox Series X, and you'll get the version optimized for that console. It's essentially a future-proofing for purchases. 
you won't be able you you won't be playing the Xbox One version of Halo Infinite through the backwards compatibility on the Xbox Series X. Your single purchase will get you a version of the game meant for the console you're playing it on. Microsoft is committed to supporting a smart delivery with all the first party games with all, with included Halo Infinite, Gears 5, Ori and the Blind Forest and the technology will be available for the ever developer, every developer and publisher. Let's hope they all use it, right? Cuz if they don't use it, here's looking at you Bungie. Okay? Developers and publishers can even choose to use it for titles that they've been released on Xbox One first and come to the Xbox X Series X later. Smart delivery presumably only applies to digital purchases where game ownership is regulated, but the Xbox News post doesn't actually differentiate between digital and physical games on this front. We've reached the Xbox for clarification on whether... Yeah, they're not giving you... They're not going to give you dis physical discs, all right? Like... To answer your question, no, 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 I get it, but but here's here's my point though. You're gonna get you're gonna get the best version of the game. So does that mean that the developers are making the game based on your settings for your your yes, your, like a, like a PC computer? Like for this version, we're so, gonna, these these are the settings for this version. These are the settings, and that's the version they're sending to you. Is that wouldn't that just be easier for me to adjust the settings in my own game? No. So basically, what's happening is it optimized for whatever system. So in the past, what would happen before the smart delivery system would happen? For instance, Xbox uh, 360 to Xbox One. When they had games on Xbox 360 and they're making games, the first couple of years when a game comes out like Rise of Rome or Grand Theft Auto, it's down-converted to work. It has to work on the basic system, right? So they can't make it all this hoopla because there's no point. It has to work on that system. So they, they, they tone it down. It has The bare minimum has to work on the worst soft or hardware that's out there. has to work on the worst hardware that's out there. Maxed out to the max when Xbox One came out. That's why they waited to release Grand Theft Auto uh, Five later on because then they optimized it. Because when they build the game, the game is being built on a, a much more powerful system than the actual game it's being uh, system that's putting on, right? Sure. So now they optimize it. So now what the developers can do it much easier, much better for them. So now they can create the game at its full potential with the max graphics and whatever else they they can do. And then it will automatically smart deliver that and dummy it down for them to put it to the older systems. So, for instance, the way they say that Destiny is running out of space and all this, we can't do what we want to do for the Xbox Series X, it should be working just fine. But if you're on the Xbox One, you're going to be you're going to be held back, right? And that's and that's what it is. <clears throat> yeah. So. I'm assuming the free upgrade dupless would have to be digital for Cyberpunk. I can't imagine the company having you buy a physical copy of Cyberpunk 2077 for your Xbox One and then saying, yeah, yeah, we'll give you the free digital version of it for your next system. I would assume, and again, I, I, I didn't see this anywhere, but I, I think it's the same. I think it would be the same, bro. No, because they would have to ship you. What? They would have to ship no, you. They don't, uh, they don't have to ship you anything. You, you, you downloading. If I buy the hard copy of CD Projekt Red on my Xbox right now, when it comes out for Cyberpunk, and I, right? And I, and I, or, I'm sorry, uh, Cyberpunk, and I and download it to my my system, and then the new version comes out, and I buy the Xbox Series X, and I buy it out. It doesn't matter. They're gonna just they're gonna download the version <laughs> I need. You, on the, you I don't need to buy another. No, because right hard copy. well, right now you need the disc. Right. If you wanted to play a a, a a digital copy, like for instance, I bought a digital copy. If I don't own the disc of something and put it in my Xbox, it won't register it because it's not on the system. It's on the disc. So I would have to have a physical disc to put in the system to do that. Maybe if I buy the CD Projekt Red disc and then put it into my Xbox One Series X, 
I don't know how that works. I'm assuming it's with digital copies only. I would have to. Well, I don't think it matters. I really don't think it would matter. Let me see. Cyberpunk. If you, if you buy the game, you buy the game, digital or otherwise. Once you install it, once you're installing the game onto your hard drive, it recognizes you installed it, just like you would digitally download the game. It's the same thing. <clears throat> I think they said it. Let me see if a. Here's what the grinds are. Studio commits to free Xbox Series upgrade. All right, let me see what this says. Uh, committed to Cyberpunk Xbox Series X upgrade for free when it's ready. You should never be forced to purchase the games twice and pay an upgrade, the developer said. In short, you can buy the Xbox One version in September, knowing that it'll be it'll be an improvement sometime after the Series X arrives, which I believe is next, which I predicted this, which would be next spring, this time when it was supposed to launch. Um, uh, there will be likely numerous other games and similar upgrades. Uh, Ubisoft uh, has already come out... It, committed to the making rainbow six siege available for the series x when the console launches and is committed to use the smart delivery clarification it's also promising cross-generation play suggests you'll be using a same core game which couldn't count for every popular game getting treatment i think i think it's them giving a little dig to like bethesda and the skyrim special edition i think that's what they're uh, that's the dig i see <laughs> the game would twice twice or pay for it. it doesn't say if it's you guys might be right it might be for hard copy or, or digital but We'll see what happens. It doesn't say anywhere in, 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 in Cyberpunk's tweet or anything that says it. So there you go. Take it. Uh, wait for the news to come out, obviously. But the game might be programmed to scale or descale accordingly. But even if it is, it wouldn't scale. They would have to build it and then it would descale. You know what I'm saying? Because for, for it to process and scale up. For what it is, it'd be better if it scaled down, right? It's better to scale down than it is to scale up. So they would make the game the best, it, the best it could be. I, I I like the theory about what they're saying. However, we all know how long a game takes to be optimized to a system. Right. It's got it's okay. got to be it's got to be optimized. Right. Sometimes it takes years <clears throat> for a game to be optimized for the system that it's currently on. So just because they're saying that it's going to work. It's just going to work on whatever system you have, my phone, my tablet, my TV. Like, it sounds awesome, right? It sounds like, oh, it's it's the future. I can't believe it. But in practicality, if that works, I'm waiting to see it. Because I know games just sometimes don't work on certain systems because just the way it is. It's just not optimized correctly for the system that you're using it for. Right. So I'd be willing to listen to this all year long. I want to see it work. I want to see it actually work on a stream, on a on on a, on, a, on a on a platform where they're talking about it and they're going on the stage and they show me the screen and the guy's playing it on his phone on his tablet. Show it to me, right? To say it, great. I'm all excited for you, but in pr practical use, I want to see it actually work. There's just no way. <clears throat> all right, uh, I'm optimistic for certain things, but. I think that's it'll work. a lot. I that's a lot of Christmas, bro. I think I think if I think if Microsoft can get the uh, the game streaming to my cell phone and play it live with no delay, I'm pretty sure they can upgrade the game. I'm, I'm I have faith in Phil Spencer I, I and I have too. faith in Microsoft and what have, they're doing. I have faith too. Uh, does it mean? Does it? It just works. It just doesn't mean it. It, it might. We'll see. All right. So the next story I want to talk about is Star Wars: The High Republic. Okay, this is the new Star Wars extended universe, basically. Okay, what I really want to show you is that I don't think they've learned. 
I don't think Star Wars and Lucasfilm and Disney have learned anything from this debacle from the last five years with The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Skywalker. Okay, so I'm gonna play this video. Well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in the chat for you guys to watch if you haven't seen this. But I'm gonna fast forward to this part right here. Right? They're they're working on a uh, they're working on a on a, on a whiteboard. Okay, where is it? Come on. Where's the whiteboard? Show it to me. They're they're working on a on a on a on a whiteboard and it has a couple things on it. I might have to just let it play out so I can find it. <clears throat> we'll let it play until I, I, I see it. That's not the picture. That's not it either. Holy cow though, there's a lot of stuff on that board. <clears throat> Alright, this is it right here. Okay. This stuff right here, okay? They they gave us a shot, so I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta start shooting at things, all right? So these are three categories these new writers have. Now this writing core is they look very young. They look anywhere between the ages of like twenty five to like forty, right? It's a young it's a young staff. Anyone doesn't look more than like that, okay? So it has a has a category of fiction. Has a category of Star Wars with a heart next to it, and it has Star Wars wishes. Okay, let's start with fiction, shall we? We'll get there, Tempest. We'll we'll get there. Okay. Fiction authentically lived in. Obviously, that's what Star Wars is. That's what brought Star Wars. That's what George Lucas's best idea was to make it look lived in, like rust and weathered down and garbage, and make it look like a non-low budget film, right? Because you got to remember. It was a low-budget film when it first came out, okay? Then you need surprise, okay? Surprise. And then diversity. I hate, to I hate to break it to you. I hate to break it to you. And you can say what you want about me, okay? But diversity doesn't need to be in a galaxy far, far away. And now I'm not saying I don't want diversity like white, black, Chinese. Diversity, it's fucking aliens, there's Chewbacca, there's Yoda, there's like a tentacle creature, Jabba the Hutt's there. Like, I don't care about diversity. All I want is a story about what's happening in this universe. And the only reason there's humans in that galaxy far, far away is because George Lucas created a film and he had to cast people to act in this movie. And that's why they look like us, right? Because Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Leia, they're not human. They're aliens from a galaxy far, far away that happen to look like us so we can relate to them, okay? Because it's a movie, and he had to cast people for it, right? So this is this is part of the thing, right? So diversity. There's strike number one, especially since it's on the fucking board twice, okay? An actual ending, okay? I would love an actual ending because we didn't get one. Okay, we didn't get an actual ending. Uh, feelings, of course. You know what I felt these last movies, Sarge? I felt betrayed and angry and confused, yeah. right? That's that's the feelings I had, right? There was no enjoyment uh, in in the, except Force Awakens. When Force Awakens first started, I was like, ah, oh, I feel this feels like something could happen here. Right. Nothing, nothing could happen. Relatable characters. Now I know. Do we need? Do we need to put this on a board? Right, relatable characters. Is that put that on a board? Isn't that the same as diversity though? Because relatable characters is 
I need whatever I, you are, whatever you are, right? You relate to that character, correct? Which means to have matter. to have diversity, there has to have a black person, has to have an Asian person, has to have a Hispanic person, has to have those things. So it needs yeah, to be relatable. I, but I, but Sexual I orientation, have, I right? I don't think you have to have it to be that detailed. You're relating to the person because it's it's relatable because it's. It's a humanistic quality. Right. It's humanistic. Right. Not because it's a race gender thing. Right. So strike number two, really. Like, obviously, if you if you write a good story, I'm going to have a relatable. I don't care if Chewbacca plays chess. I'm be like, Chewbacca plays chess? I play chess. I like Chewbacca. I like this guy. I'm going to listen to what else he has to say. Right? Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just tell me a story. Uh, sweeping slash epicness, which could go wrong, right? Because Star Wars was epic as a whole right but it was also a small little small little moments that the whole thing felt epic but the actual movie itself wasn't epic right like the garbage disposal scene the little th- the, the scene between the, when they're shooting down the, the the where the prisoners are uh the 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 jesus christ the death star scene at the end like little scenes here and there are the epicness of the whole thing and then humor. Okay, great. Let's move on, right? Star Wars has humor. Well, at least it did. Now it's all a, now it's all a joke. But it's, not a, but it's not a rom-com. Right, right. It's not an 80s rom-com. Star Wars with the heart next to it. Got to have that little heart because they love Star Wars. The very first thing up there says not pro-war. It's called Star Wars. Star Wars. Not pro-war. Like... That's just fucking asinine. You, you know, you know who's this is. This is them in the room. They're like, "Come on, guys, let's get some ideas going. Let's get some ideas going." Yeah. What do you got, Steve? What do you got? Uh, not pro war. Good one, we'll Steve. Good one, Steve. Steve. We'll put that down. Ding, ding, instead, ding. Instead of instead of him saying, "Steve, get out of the room right now," it's called Star Wars. He wrote it down because he wanted to be inclusive. Right, right. Steve, good one, man. Good one. Not pro war. He actually put pro war. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. We can't do pro-war. We have to do not pro-war. Right. 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 Star Wars is not about... uh, If anybody can tell me any movie, any Star Wars movie that didn't have a conflict in it that related to a war, you let me know. (laughs) All right? You let me me know. It's called Star Wars. Any book, any movie, any comic book where there wasn't some kind of thing in the background going on where somebody was at war with somebody else. This is the kind of shit that makes my brain hurt that they're sitting in a room discussing this kind of stuff and putting a whiteboard and listing it. Right. So here, here's a big thing, right? Droids. Droids. Right. I swear to God, if you took a survey on Family Feud and asked the audience on what the top things in Star Wars were, these things would be in there. Droids. Okay. Like this is what I feel like. Uh, it's the number one answer on the board. Do I see droids? Way to go, Sarah. Droids is in Star Wars. Nice job. Right? And then scope. Scope. Well, sweeping slash epic is part of scope, isn't it? Isn't it part of it's a galaxy far, far away? So don't you think scope would be part of it? Like, they're looking at it like we don't know that Star Wars is in a galaxy and all the planets that are in the galaxy already that we know in the universe of Star Wars that's been around for 40 years, right? Then they have mythic. Then they have space and lightsaber battles, which goes against what Steve did in the upper part where it says not pro-war. But he's asking for lightsaber battles, which is it's contradictive here, Steve. It's contradictive, right? Right. <laughs> so, and then this, this one blows my mind. 
no single characters, no main characters, no single characters. Right, because we don't we don't want to we don't want to exclude anybody. Right, because you know we don't we don't want to exclude anybody. So it's got to be a menagerie story <laughs> with men, a menagerie of characters going through a menagerie of, of feelings, so everybody's included. But let me see who who likes generic Star Wars. Nobody. Who likes Darth Vader? Who likes Obi Wan? Who likes Yoda? Who likes? Oh wait, what's that new show that came out? I can't put my name on it. What was that? What's that one new show called based on one character? Oh, that's right. The Mandalorian. The main character. We don't want to do that. Oh, what's the most popular thing right now? The Mandalorian. Because they like the story arc of it. So picture it. Picture it. It's going to be a Star Wars show movie slash video game. Where it's the cast of friends, and everybody focuses on everybody instead of focusing on one guy. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> like, here's here's the problem. Remember what happened in the last movie, Last Jedi? No, when they, when they didn't, didn't. When they didn't follow, yeah. Out. When they didn't follow I any drank enough whiskey to block it out. It took me six bottles to block out that movie. They, the last mission. Achieved. The Last Jedi followed nobody, right? It was just generically following the whole cast, but never really followed anybody. And then they put them together again. In that was the best part of the Skywalker one, right? The Rise of Skywalker is that they put the group together again because there was a main character in a story that you were following. This is not. This is not like a the concrete board, guys. This is their idea board. Right. This. This, this is, is. This is. This is what they sat when they sat in the room and discussed what they wanted to do with Star Wars. These are the things that ended up on the board. Remember this. <clears throat> Don't. This is not. This is not like concrete. These are just the ideas. But based on the ideas alone, you should be very, very concerned, right, about anything that these guys are going to do. Here's here's another one. It has to have the force, Sarge. Did you know Star Wars has to have the force? Has to. You can't. You can't make a Star Wars without the force. You can't just make a a story about a guy going through his own life. Dealing with circumstances and a Star Wars backdrop, he's got to have some kind of magical ability. He just can't be some guy walking around because people won't like it. <clears throat> now, the last one is complicated monsters. Is this is this is this alluding to like Kylo Ren and like Darth Maul and like uh, Emperor Palpatine? What's, like, what's a, what's complicated monsters? What's a mo- like? like mean, do they do they actually mean convoluted? I don't know. It says the, complicated think, monsters. I, I think what they really mean is convoluted. Well. It, this is all convoluted. Let's go to the Star Wars wish list. We have we have ten ten answers on the board. We survey says what's the number one board of the day? It's High Republic. Which okay, great. I thought the the time period is fantastic. Great. You want to you want to talk about a period you haven't talked about? Great. High Republic. Okay. Relic Hunters. That's basically just making Indiana Jones and Star Wars now, right? They're looking for MacGuffins. Right, because that worked out really well in the Rise of Skywalker, where they went for a MacGuffin for another MacGuffin to get another MacGuffin. That when you do relic hunters, you're not telling a story. You're using you're using that relic to tell the story, which doesn't need to be there because there's no purpose of that relic besides pushing the story forward. Right, so they're already messing up there. This next one I'm confused about because it says university. Right now, it looks like they meant to say something else and then they switched it. But it says university, and I don't know if they're talking about like, are they going to school us on some Star Wars like stuff, or are we going to watch? Maybe they maybe they meant universal. <laughs> they want it to be universal, so everybody understands. Maybe that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, but Star Wars wishes you want to be universal. I mean, I guess that goes back to diversity then, right? 
if it was supposed to be universal. So that means diversity is on the board four times now. Okay, because we're getting up to dinosaurs. Remember, Star Wars wish list, you have to have dinosaurs. Oh, or do you mean... Do we? Do you mean <laughs> aliens? Like, the things they ride on? Like Dinosaurs. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, why, why would we... I don't want dinosaurs in Star Wars. I'll take alien creatures that they ride on that are just something in the universe, but dinosaurs... I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. That's 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 what somebody who's never watched a Star Wars movie calls aliens. He calls them dinosaurs. <laughs> and then the next one is representation slash diversity. Again. Yeah, again. So fiction, you have to have diversity and you have to have relatable characters. And then in Star Wars Wishes, they really want they representation and diversity. They got to have They it. have to have Yoda's family in there. Like there's someone green and short out there that really needs the diversity to really relate to have relatable characters, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't know what's going on. Then they say Arthurian, like Arthur legends, like like a King Arthur type of character. Like here's what I think. Something that resonates, something that's something that's Someone like that's a mythic, big, like, like yeah. a mythic, like a mythic story that's been passed on, people Use it as a yeah, like a like a an, like a legend, like, like Jesus yeah. Christ, right? Like a like a Luke Skywalker or, or some sort of big big character like that, right? Here's the problem with with that. Soon as they say certain things like this, like representation, diversity, and then like these legends and stuff like that, and rival houses, what do you guys picture? I picture Game of Thrones because they're going back to the High Republic, which I'm assuming is going to have. Uh, rival houses like Game of Thrones, okay? And there's going to be a push and pull of who's taking what, and there's going to be kings and different things and different stuff, and I'm like, I don't want Game of Thrones. I don't want Game of Thrones in the Star Wars universe, right? That's that's completely different, right? Well, if the, if the timeline if the timeline that they're discussing is the High Republic, what that really means is is during the period of time where the galaxy was at peace, the Galactic Republic was ruling. The Jedi were like the police officers. And things were, like, real life goes on in the galaxy. There's bad guys going on. There's factions warring and stuff. But overall, it's it's a unified, peaceful galaxy. That's what the High Republic actually means. Correct. Right? So they're, they're, they, have a, they have a spot to work off of where if it's thousands of years ago, it could be anything that happened during the, the old Republic you know what I mean? They could choose a lot. They could choose anything they want, as far as story goes. Yeah, but they they say here rival houses, Sith Empire, Chaos Agents, and Splinter Group Force users. I honest to God, it the Splinter Cell Force users sounds like the the black the 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 guys that watch the wall. The chaos agents are like the rogue agents that went out and tried to kill people. The Sith Empire sounds like the, the the Lannisters, and rival houses is basically the whole kingdom, right? They're they're basically making, which on this board I'm looking at dinosaurs, right? They got dinosaurs, fucking. Yeah, I, thank, what I, thank thank God they put dinosaurs on there. They got relic hunters looking for certain things, and then the High Republic. I I I just feel like they looked at Game of Thrones and like we can do that, but in the Star Wars universe, and yeah. and if they do that. That's I think that's bad. I think that's bad. Because what don't you find it more don't you find it more amusing that a group of people got together to make an idea board about how to do the extended universe of Star Wars when the extended the extended world of Star Wars has been around for 25 years? 
Yeah. Like all the all the extended universe you could possibly ever need story wise is already there, but they decided we want none of that because it doesn't it doesn't have any of the stuff on the whiteboard that we want. So we're going to redo the extended universe in our own glorious way, and this whiteboard is is the is the is the shining light that we're going to base everything off of. If you guys are not in panic mode for this, I, I mean, I, I will enjoy watching what comes out, but I'm not going to pay for any of it. Well, on this whiteboard, there's a lot more stuff, right? And it's hard to read some of these, but I can see some. One says New Jedi, okay? One says Political Landscape, okay? One says New... I can't... New, new something of... Oh, man, I can't read that one. There, oh, Jakku. Jakku's on there. Okay. So they're going to implement Jakku, which is weird because, right, uh, that's in the new new world, not the old world. Yeah, there's a lot. I, I, I want someone to break this down if they can. Imperfect characters they have. I, I, I layered. I vote moving on to the next story because this board's going to make me sick. So, so anyway, they have four books, five books, five books coming out. Uh and this is what they are. Star Wars The High Republic, which is Into the Dark. They have Star Wars The High Republic, The Test of Courage, which is for the kiddies. Uh, we got Star Wars The High Republic Adventures. We have Star Wars The High Republic, and that's just what it's called. It, I'm assuming that's the, the vast of it, right? And these guys here are called the Vikings, just to let you know. These characters right here, they're called the Vikings. They're a, they're a, a political faction that basically wants chaos, Okay. So it might be the the start of the the Sith Empire, uh, and then this one's called the Light of the Jedi. So and there you are. Look, Chewbacca with a sight with a saber. I know it's not Chewie. It's way before his time, or is it? It's it's a Wookiee. <clears throat> I, I know. Calm down. I it's know. a Wookiee. Go ahead. So, but that's it. That's these these are the new new things happening. Meanwhile, back on this galaxy, Iger leaves. Kennedy's out the door soon. You think so? What's her, her contract? Is that? When's her contract up? Basically, they've knocked her off the set completely. She's not allowed on the Mandalorian set. She has no creative input for any of the Star Wars stuff moving forward. So basically, she's just a figurehead now. Uh, and her contract supposedly ends next year anyway. Her and Iger's contract were supposed to end. But now that I think Iger's gone, I think that was I think that was her last saving grace. Uh, now that Iger's gone, I think she's uh, she's like chum in the water, right? Like now the sharks are like up. Oh, it's time to knock one out. We're, we're going to take her out, and she's going to go. She's going to go soon. Uh, moving forward, they're talking about re redoing a series with Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, and they're also going to they're casting or trying to cast a new Luke Skywalker, a younger character, um, at, so they don't have to do the re aging techni uh, technique because it's too too uh, too expensive. Uh, so he's going to be Mark Hamill and tell. I, I'm assuming it's going to be some sort of storytelling from Mark Hamill as we know him now as as Luke older and then it'll tell the story it's sort of like remember the young Indiana not, Jones not like from the last trilogy but like the Mark in between Hamill, Skywalker that we knew well no 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 he will look like the the Jedi that we saw no, I'm talking it, about the story the, plot the story the story will take about the real Luke Skywalker yes. not about what he did in the last trilogy yeah correct it'll be it'll be okay. it'll be Mark Hamill as old Jedi that we saw him as telling stories I guess of him younger because there is a um, a data that said that Luke and R two went on thousands of missions. Right, it's in it's in 
uh, R2's unit, like in his database, that they went on thousands of story like uh, adventures. So basically, what they're going to do is have Mark basically tell stories of when him and went on so his it's adventure. Gonna be, so it's, it's young gonna Indiana be, Jones. It, it's going to be young amazing Indiana Jones stories slash Star Wars. Yes. Right. It's amazing stories with slash Star Wars of the Young Indiana Jones adventures. Remember that? Remember that sh- that show? And that's basically what it'll, it'll, it'll be. It'll, it'll, you'll follow young Luke as he goes through his adventures and gets into – which, you know what? I'm okay with because I would love to learn more about Luke because I care about Luke. And if Mark Hamill's on board and he's the voiceover and character and then, of course, they have a young younger actor playing him that looks like him or whatever – Fantastic. As long as Mark Hamill's voice can attach to that and be him telling the stories of himself, that would be interesting, right? So, Otherwise, it'd be the Wonder Years scarring Mark Hamill, where he's talking about himself when he was younger. Well, it, the, the, the stories, Duplass, would just be... Uh, instead of being called the Wonder Years, they're called the Jedi Years. <laughs> the, what do you mean? You just, you just don't tell a story after he's dead. You tell the the story before he's dead, so he would still well, be alive. Listen, uh, grain of salt, by the way, grain of salt. They're going to retcon the last trilogy altogether. That's parts what, of it. We, uh, parts right. of it. Yeah. Like how Luke dies. Yeah. And stuff like that. They're gonna they're gonna change all of that, um, going forward. And that's basically the last story. I, I don't have anything. We can look at Boulder's Gate. I, I told Sarge to look at Boulder's Gate, so we'll, we'll look at Boulder's Gate. Um, oh, Boulder's Gate three looks fucking tight. Let me let me look at let me let me find the. Uh, if nobody else if nobody else has looked up this this kind of stuff, now is the time, man. If you're into D and D, Baldur's Gate is in, baby. All right, so this is um, I guess I'll just pick it from here. This is a cutscene. <clears throat> I guess I could put the sound on. Yeah, please. It's gonna be soft, but. I don't even think you could hear it, can you? I don't hear it. I hear it, but it's very soft on my end. I can't make it any louder. It's 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 maxed out. Yeah, don't 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 worry about the sound. If you guys if you guys want, I'll I'll put a link in the chat. This is still all cutscenes. They show gameplay, right? Yeah, they show gameplay. I just wanted to show you a little bit of this. Gameplay's here. Oh, look, it's the three dragons. Well, they do, they do cutaways. It's got a little bit of The Witcher in it. I think it looks good. I think he just mind fucked her. Hey, look, dialogue options. Oh, crap. Don't say that. Yeah. Who, di- who puts dialogue options in a game? Nobody wants to do that. I had to go watch this after because I want to. I want to go into watch this whole thing. It's like it's like an hour, hour and a half long. The developer's talking, but it's so, so soft. 
And what happened to the option on the Xbox where I could split the screen and, and watch YouTube they, they and got, play the game? They got rid of that. Why? Different changes. All right, let me, let me move forward here. Yeah, that's what it was called, Duplass Snap. Oh, right, that's what it was called. It was called Snap. <laughs> was it locking up the Xbox? So, Boulder's Gate... It was good, wasn't it, Snow? What's that? Snap. Oh, Snap was cool, yeah, yeah. I could actually play a game and watch your stream. All Snap. You still could do that, Sarge. You gotta take your cell phone and stick it to your television and just have it running on the thing. It's like picture in picture. No. No, I'm not doing that. I'm trying to get to a part where there's some action going on here. There's just a lot of cutscenes. Well, first of all, I understand it's a D&D game. There's, no whole, there's not a whole lot of action. It's not Diablo <coughs> 4. No, I, I understand that. So I'm not disappointed. I just want to see what the game looked like. I'm just trying to find some sort of like bigger creature, different type of I do like the three-quarter view, you know? Well, if you're doing... It, it's like a Divinity Original Sin. If you're going to do a D&D &D game, that's how it has to be. Because you have to be able to assess where you are because the, the combat's going to be turn-based to a point. I mean, it, it can be real-time, but you have to give orders to your guys <coughs> to do the spells and do whatever, and then you can forward time. When When is this supposed to come out, Sarge? Do you know? Uh, it's, I believe it's this year. You're all, you're all over this. Oh yeah, I'm all of it. This, this Baldur's is, Gate. This is this is Sarge's wheelhouse right here. I have Baldur's right Gate one, two, Icewind Dale. Come on, man. He's all over this. Yeah, well, I'll have to, I'll have to watch that. If anybody wants to watch that, it's um, I'll put it in the chat right here. <clears throat> that's from PC Gamer. There's a, there's a shot there. You can go watch that. Uh, that's it for the show today. Episode two hundred six is in the can. I do appreciate you guys coming out and watching. We're here live every single Thursday. At 8 p.m. Eastern, Generation X Gaming is a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from the past week, and we rant along the way. You can watch us here live, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Thursday nights. You can watch us after the fact. I still haven't updated the YouTube. This is why you should be here live watching this. Uh, or you can listen to the past broadcasts over on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. I do appreciate everyone coming out each and every single week that you're here with us live. You can hit us up on Anchor.fm right over there. Um, if people want to play, we can play Battlefield 4 tonight, or I'm sorry, Battlefield 5 tonight. Uh, if not, we'll go about our business doing something else. Uh, right after the podcast, uh, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll go into uh, streaming in about 15 to 20 minutes. do appreciate you guys coming out. Thanks for watching. See you guys in the next one. Take care, guys. Two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.